Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. The Gargoyle. Continuing on with my coverage of the 2017 Chattanooga Film Festival, tonight's episode is about Buster's Malheart. The CFF program description for Buster's Malheart was... From her very first feature, the eerie and mysterious The Midnight Swim, filmmaker Sarah Adina Smith cast a spell on us. At the center of Buster's Malheart, her brilliant follow-up, Rami Malek, from Mr. Robot, stars as a mountain man on the run from authorities, surviving the winter by scavenging and breaking into empty vacation homes. He's plagued by recurring dreams of being lost at sea, only to find that he is the man lost at sea. He's one man in two bodies. This is the story of how he split in two. Malik, whose haunting work on the hit television series Mr. Robot propelled him to stardom, is excellent here. Firmly in the tradition of actors like Christopher Walken, Jeff Goldblum, Michael Shannon, or even Peter Lorre, who perform in their own transfixing rhythms, Malik is thoroughly convincing as a man at odds with himself, wrote Variety. Breathtaking visuals and an excellent supporting cast featuring beloved veterans Lynn Shea and Toby Huss, and indie favorite Caitlin Scheel, lend much to a film that is not only beautiful, it's nearly impossible to get out of your head. So I actually didn't read the description beforehand, so I didn't know for certain that he was two different people. But I could still tell from pretty early on that there was going to be some sort of sci-fi-ish explanation. And even though there was, in a sense, a sort of sci-fi explanation of what happened, that is not the focus of the story. The role of sci-fi in this movie reminded me of the role of sci-fi in Melancholia or Sliding Doors or Donnie Darko, where the sci-fi-ness of it wasn't really what's important. It just happened to be part of the actual explanation. The focus of Buster's Malheart was clearly on the character and the impact that his choices had. The sci-fi element is definitely part of what gives the movie its character and its style, but it's a tangential plot device. This is very much a character-driven story focusing almost entirely on Buster. There are other main characters, but they really only exist to propel Buster and to give insight into his struggles and his psyche. Even his wife and his daughter. They're less important as characters on their own and serve more as sounding boards to reveal his character and how he interacts with them. Now, even though practically every character is there solely to provide more information about Buster, this movie is incredibly well acted. Rami Malek did an incredible job and was a totally engrossing character. I also even really enjoyed seeing DJ Qualls in a serious role. It reminded me of a character that could have been played by Steve Buscemi, and I think that he played it really well. Now, without getting into spoilers, there are a few revelations towards the end of the film that were either easy to predict early in the film, or were pretty obvious in retrospect and probably could have been predicted. So some of the plot devices might have lacked originality, but what it lacked in originality, it definitely made up for an execution. This was a beautiful and well-acted film with an engrossing story and enough bits of humor to humanize it. Even though I think this was a really good movie and I absolutely enjoyed it, I certainly wouldn't say that it is a perfect movie. There is an explanation as to why the movie ends the way that it does, but... I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about the ending. I can't decide if I really like it and think that it was the most appropriate ending for the movie, or if I think that it was a, eh, we've got to end it somehow, let's just do this, sort of ending. It, it makes sense that it ended the way that it did, so it's not like an ending completely out of left field with no connection to the rest of the movie, but uh, I, I just can't decide if I think that it was the best ending that they could have gone with. 
And as I mentioned earlier, there are some sci-fi elements, but they seemingly only impact Buster and not the rest of the characters. So there is a question of whether or not they're only taking place in his mind. So it's not entirely clear if this is an actual sci-fi movie or if it's just a psychological drama. It's not clear if the things are really happening, but he's the only one who's aware of them, or if he's having some sort of psychological break and we're just seeing manifestations of his psychosis. With some of these uncertainties and ambiguities about the extent to which I like Buster's Malheart, I feel like it deserves a rewatch to see if I pick up on any additional nuances that change my view from a, yeah, it was really good and worth seeing, to a, holy crap, I love that movie and you totally need to see it. But even though I do enjoy watching movies more than just once, and even though the more that I watch certain movies, the more I pick up on little things that increase my appreciation of the film, I know that most people generally do not rewatch a lot of movies. So for most people, their initial experience will be their only experience with the film. So with just an initial viewing, I can't readily think of anything that I actively disliked about Buster's Mile Heart, and I can't think of any reason why I wouldn't recommend it. There's nothing graphic, but there are a few scenes that make it not entirely suitable for kids. But similar to The Void, I, I'm just right on the edge with this one. I really liked it, and I definitely enjoyed it, and I would love to see it again, and I'd like to add it to my collection, but... I don't know if I would necessarily go so far as to say that I loved Buster's Malheart. But I think that seeing it when I did might have actually skewed my perception of the film a little bit, in both positive and negative ways. There are no movies that I saw during the Chattanooga Film Festival that I actively disliked, but there were definitely some movies that were stronger than others. As a whole, I feel like Sunday was the strongest day of film for me, of course, that could have been in part because I saw more movies that day. So when thinking of Sunday and how great all of the movies were, it's easy to lump this one into that and say, oh yeah, it was awesome, because the entire day was awesome. But the other side of that is, this is the second to last movie that I saw over the weekend, so it was taking stronger and stronger films to really have an impact on me. Plus, Buster's Mo Heart was sandwiched between Davion, a powerful drama shot on a very personal level, and The Devil's Candy, which is a ridiculously good horror movie and probably one of my highlights for the weekend. So comparing it with those two, it didn't quite have the same impact or level of holy crapness to it. So that's my take on Buster's Malheart, a well-acted, character-driven, psychological, sci-fi-esque drama with some familiar plot devices, but excellent execution. If you enjoyed this review, you can find all of my other reviews, con coverage, and just general geekery at gargalereviews.blogspot.com. And, like I said in the first episode of my CFF coverage, I saw 21 feature films, short films, partial films, or live shows at the Chattanooga Film Fest. So, be sure to check back soon for the last of my CFF coverage. In the meantime, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Gargoyle Reviews, on Facebook, slash The Gargoyle, or on iTunes or Google Play. Just do a search for The Gargoyle. But, until next time, that's been it for this episode of The Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, and as always, you can find me where geekery abounds.